Welcome everyone to the virtual coffee break with the MSU Extension Dairy Team. My name is Martin Mangwon, Dairy Educator with MSU Extension. In today's episode, we talk about lean management. If you haven't heard the term before, I invite you to listen to the previous episode where we discuss lean management and you can find the link to it on the episode description. On a nutshell, this management style centers around evaluating procedures to remove waste and increase efficiency while empowering people and improving the farm culture. To learn how this theory looks in the practice, I have a great conversation today with Eric Martin, a dairy farmer that has lean at the center of their management style, and Alan Bontheis, the lean consultant from Farming Lean who is supporting this farm on their lean journey. I'm ready, so let's get started. Welcome everyone to a new episode of the Virtual Coffee Break with the MSU Extension Dairy Team. Today we are up in Greenbridge Meadows, a farm up in Northern Michigan, and we are here with Eric Martin, one of the operators of said farm. How are you, Eric? I'm doing good today. How are you? I'm doing good. Can you tell us a little bit about your operation in general? Sure. We are a dairy farm operating in Leroy, Michigan. We currently are milking 450 dairy cows, and we farm roughly 1,200 acres of hay and corn. Thank you very much. We also have with us in today's episode, Alan Bontheis. He's a lean consultant from Farming Lean. How are you, Alan? I'm doing fantastic, Martin. Thanks for asking. And for those that are interested in lean management, I would like to let you know that we still have up an episode in our website that you can look for that we deeply go into a lean conversation as far as history, concepts, and general ideas in how to implement it. The goal of today's episode is to show you, the listener, how does this look on an actual practical dairy. This dairy has been going through the lean journey. How long, Eric? Just over a year. What was it? A year in February, I believe. So 16 months. 16 months into the journey. And for those that have listened to the episode before, we know that lean is a journey that it's always going and always improving. Alan, can you tell us a little bit briefly about what lean management is about? And if you can take it from the agricultural perspective, that will be even better. Sure. Well, we can't forget a little bit about the history. Lean did start as a manufacturing principle, a Toyota production system. Since then, uh, Lean's been adapted to a lot of industries, including agriculture. It's essentially uh, the elimination of all things that do not add value to your customer. Simple sentence, but as we dive into that, we learn what Lean uh, really is. We, uh, the process of defining a customer, understanding the difference between value and waste, and uh, how we reach our goals through continuous improvement and respect for people. And people is very important to the lean journey. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that in today's episode. But from that brief introduction to lean, Eric, what spiked the interest from this dairy to get started on that journey? So this journey started when we were really struggling to keep employees motivated, to keep them on task and actually keep them doing the same consistent task. We were having a lot of drift. We were having a lot of people not communicating well with their fellow employees. And it just made it hard to do an efficient job. And we couldn't figure out how to bridge the gap efficiently. The struggle that you guys had pushed you to get solutions. And then you saw one of a possible solution into this style of management. Yes. Can you both talk a little bit about those first conversations between you two 
as this got started and how it was presented to the rest of the team on the farm? It actually first got brought up as when our nutritionist met Alan, I think it was Great Lakes Dairy Conference. It was. Yeah. And, and then we were talking to our nutritionist and he said, hey, I know this guy that could potentially help you with your situation. And then he got a hold of Alan and then Alan came in and started just working with me, my mom and my brother. And then slowly we presented it to the employees. So he started with the management team, yes. owners and general managers from the farm, but he quickly got extended to the rest of the team because the importance of lean is that everybody needs to be on board. So Alan, can you speak a little bit about why it's so important that both management and the employees are bound as a team and work together as they progress in this journey? Lean is a method of creating an engaged workforce. And so it takes both managers and employees to really realize the culture that you're trying to build, or in other words, both sides have to be part of that culture building. But employees are the frontline experts, right? They understand better than anybody else what they're asked to do day to day, whether that's what management intends or not, that's what their <laughs> expectation is, right? They, they think they understand and, and probably do uh, understand what their role is at the company. Um, but if you don't have open lines of communication between managers and employees, and it has to be in both directions, you, know, you fail to understand what their perception of their job and what management's expectation of their job is. Uh, so through Lean, we use a couple of, of skills, some fundamental skills that we teach both management and employees to help them with that communication and well, clarify what some of their jobs really are. Yeah, and that was huge. As managers, we all thought everybody knew and understood what their job was and what their responsibilities are. But to them, they might have thought something else or something different. And like Alan said, they're on the front lines. They're, they're feeding cows every day. They're milking cows every day. They're in the calf barn. They're out in the fields. They're doing all this stuff every day that we don't exactly see all the time, every time. Yeah, it's sometimes hard as a manager because you're overseeing the whole operation. That means the field, that means the parlor, that means the repro, that means, you know, a hundred different things. But the employees are the ones getting the day-to-day detailed process of what they're doing on a daily basis, sometimes even more than daily, sometimes it's twice a day. So it's very important that receiving that feedback becomes an integral part of how do we develop this new system. Eric, can you speak of how did you saw this in the dairy? How, when you guys started on this process, allowed you to have a better relationship with the workforce, and a better team approach for the whole farm. This was huge for us when we started the process, because stuff that we saw out there, you know, we go through the barn and we see something, oh, well, this is broke, or how come it takes you guys X amount of time to do this? Well, to us, it's not normal as managers, but we only see it once. To them, it was just a normal routine, so we would communicate with them, how can we make this better? How can we make this faster? And that opened up the whole line of communication. It opened up a better relationship to let them give input as to how they feel that they can speed up a process and make a process better, make a process simpler. Because just because they do it daily doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it efficient. It doesn't mean that there's not a better way to do it. And this process just opened up different avenues 
And I think it built a stronger foundation between the managers and the employees because they viewed us more as, oh, managers come in, we must have did something wrong. No, now it's, oh, they're coming, see how things are going, how can, you know, is anything broke, is anything not working? It opens up more open communication. They don't view us as a bad person anymore. They view us more as co-workers with them trying to help solve a problem. And that, I think, is key, especially when you talk about farm labor. Changing that perspective of managers here because I did something. Changing that to, oh, now they're asking me for input about my job. Now they're asking me what do I need to succeed. So that completely changes the perspective that I will have as an employee to my management team. At the same time, that I think will also build respect for my managers. That will build loyalty to my farm at the same time because they're creating an environment that is leading to everybody being successful. One of the key things that people find out when they start on this lean journey is how it quickly exposes things that can quickly improve or different inefficient processes that we have inside the farm. So tell me, Eric, how starting in this lean journey allowed you and your team to expose inefficiencies inside the farm? The inefficiencies was one of the main reasons we wanted to join the lean process. And anybody that knows our situation, our parlor is not the most efficient out there as it is. But the inefficiencies were inconsistent inefficiencies. We couldn't figure out why things were inefficient and inconsistently inefficient. And then we started really looking into the deeper process, how things were going about, how cows were being moved, where are we putting our tools, how to really make things effective for the whole employee group. Just because it's effective and efficient for one person doesn't mean it's efficient and effective for the other 10 that have to work with them or after them or before them. So I think one of the keys uh, that Eric was kind of hitting around was that we now direct things to processes. So instead of it being people-focused and people-blamed, it's process-focused and process-blamed. So as we, we develop that culture in the farm of not looking for blame, but instead looking at why our process failed, then we can expose the challenges that we have. We can expose uh, our shortcomings and work to address those. I'm a dairy farmer's kid. I grew up on a dairy. We all know gates are an issue. You know, I always use gates as my example. Uh, there's two ways to address a broken gate. We can blame and say, who broke the gate, right? Or we can address the process and say, all right, we have a broken gate. How did it happen and how can we keep it from happening in the future? Yeah. Right. Two ways to address the same problem. And that's what Lean does when you open up that line of communication that Eric talked about is you then can start driving to the solution. Not we've seen this 20 times and we just got to find 20 different people to blame. But we've seen this before. Let's put an end to it so it doesn't happen again. And we that work in the dairy industry are very familiar from the putting out fires management staff. Right. Many of the dairies that we work with are on that putting out fires management style, meaning that the manager shows up in the morning and gets a report of everything that's wrong or everything that broke over the weekend or everything that happened over the weekend. And then he will spend about the first two days of that week 
just fixing and putting out those fires that happened over the weekend. So then maybe he has two days to then plan or work at the dairy. And then his final day of the week, if you were five days, is to plan how are we going to hopefully prevent fires on the weekend. But that means that the next two days of the next week, I'm going to be back at putting fires. So then Lean, what he's doing is taking that different approach of let's there's a fire there, we know that, but let's figure out what got the fire started and hopefully remove that from the equation. So we don't have to keep putting water over the same fire over and over again. Because I don't think there's a better definition of inefficiency than doing that, right? Trying to put out the same fire 20 different times. Now we saw that implementing this style of management and engaging your team expose different inefficiencies or waste around the farm. So Alan, can you speak a little bit about how identifying waste is one of the core aspects of the lean management process. Sure. So if you remember the definition of lean, which is to eliminate all things that do not add value to the customer. So part of that is identifying where the value comes from and what part of our activity during the day is non-value added. We call it waste, right? This has been done already for us. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. There are eight wastes that we can identify, whether it's in manufacturing or agricultural or a hospital healthcare setting, uh, the waste don't change. Uh, transportation, overproduction, overprocessing, defects, waiting, inventory, motion, and underutilized resources. And I know I went through those really quickly, but they're just identifying waste and identifying what those waste categories are, uh, have a dual effect. Number one, they allow us to eliminate some of the things that are eating our profits, yep. right? But the second thing is when you put everybody on the team from managers to milkers, calf feeders, all on one objective, which is to identify waste, uh, you open up a line of communication across the farm and build a team because we all are working on the same goal, even though we have completely different uh, responsibilities, right? The person that planting corn and the person that's milking cows, do they really have a whole lot in common? Yeah, when you look at it under the terms of, of lean, they have the same customer. They are identifying waste that puts them on the same team. So there are actually five foundational skills uh, that I teach. One of them is identifying waste. Teamwork, time management, uh, housekeeping, and uh, standardization. I do love the example that you always use to bring the whole team together. For those that want to learn more about it, it was published by Progressive Dairyman. Uh, it's an article from Alan that talks about how lean starts in the bathroom, because I think it's an awesome example of how do we get a team together and how do we get the whole team to understand all these principles that seem very complicated when you read lean books that talk about the history and how everything was implemented. You narrow it down to just cleaning a bathroom. So can you tell us a little bit about how that shows the whole team this new journey, how is it going to look, and how do we going to expand it from the bathroom to the rest of the areas of the farm? Sure. We use the bathroom as a training ground. Uh, again, we when we look at all the different areas of responsibility on a farm, there's a lot of things that, are, that we don't have in common, but we all use the bathroom. So we, ha we use that as our, as our training ground uh, for lean identifying waste, how do we set up a standardization of how to clean the bathroom, how long it takes to clean the bathroom. The fact that we all do it, we all use it and we all clean it. So we take a rotation of cleaning the bathroom. 
We don't have a housekeeper that does it. Uh, we all take a rotation in doing that. And through that, we learn things like uh, Kanban, which is our inventory control system, in a simple way. How do you manage the cleaning products? You don't run out. How do you manage the toilet paper? How do you manage the paper towel? So we are using that then as our one common area throughout the whole farm where we can train on lean. And from there, we can easily extrapolate it into other areas, whether it be the shop, the commodity shed, the calf barn, or the milking barn. And that's the main point, because using the bathroom to explain what a process is, how do we approach a process, how do we make a process the best possible, and how do we make it sustainable so everybody can join and follow the same process that works for everybody, I think it's a great teaching ground to then take all the rest of the processes on the farm under the same analysis of, okay, this is the process, how do we improve it, how can I make it in a way that whoever comes here can be successful at doing that process. People originally think it's crazy. Oh, you have people clean, you know, you take turns, the bathroom here gets cleaned every day. Your barns can look immaculate, it can look spotless, but not all your guests or your visitors or the public are walking through the middle of your alleys. We have had lots of people comment actually on how nice our bathroom looks. We actually had our vet, she went out of her way to stop here on her way to another farm because she knew we had a clean bathroom. <laughs> People notice those things and it's the little things. And we do. It changes every day someone new cleans the bathroom. I know lean is a journey that once you get started, you can get tiresome. For example, you need to look for daily improvements every day. So can you speak on, of a time that you or the team felt a bit worn out and how did you face it or overcome it? It is hard to find improvements every day, especially when you've been on it this long. The first couple weeks, it's easy because there's improvements everywhere. You're trying to find those inefficiencies and they're not hard to find. But anybody that thinks that their place of business, their house, their farm, I don't have waste. I don't have inefficiencies. Well, then you're not looking hard enough. Because it's everywhere. And getting burnt out is easy to do when you're supposed to do it every day. When you can't find an improvement, it's not too hard. You just got to look a little bit. Look for an inefficiency, something that's out of place. Someone always sets something down where it's not supposed to be. Improvements don't have to be game changers. They just have to improve. That's... That's what they're there to do. We're not looking for big, earth-shaking improvements. We're not looking for expensive improvements to implement. Uh, we're looking at a way to save a little bit of time, an improvement that we can implement today that saves us a little bit of time every day down the road, right? We're not going to spend a lot of money. Eric's uh, heard me talk about it, fail cheap, fail fast, Yep. right? Don't put a bunch of money into a thought. Just implement the decision in an economical way. And sometimes it's just a matter of putting a label up, right? Or doing something slightly different and changing your procedure just a little bit so that it impacts you day after day after day. And I find it beneficial if you think of it more like a game, right? It's kind of motivating. I need to find a waste today. They're out there. And that's something that I wanted to add because I think not only, yeah, it makes the farm better overall, but like you said, it makes a different challenge. 
it provides a different motivation to our workers. Because sometimes what we see is that gets tiresome to come every day, no cows for a 12-hour shift, come back again and do it tomorrow. At some point, you get kind of in a zombie mode. I just show up, I clean tea dens, I connect cows, I disconnect cows, they go back to their pen. Tomorrow, I'll come and do it again. So it provides a different motor to my day. So I'm not only milking cows today, I'm also doing something different that motivates me to show my team that I'm working towards the goal of the farm. That not only I'm milking cows, but I'm making milking cows easier. I'm making milking cows more efficient, which at the end is a benefit for me as an employee. I always talk with labor and tell them, hey, what can make your job easier? And if somebody comes in and asks you, do you want to work easier or do you want to work harder? So it's not hard to see how making processes better and improving their area of work, the process that they're working every day is of benefit for the same workers, not only the overall farm. But I'm with you there that it can get a little bit burnout when you have to do this every day. You just have to ask yourself, what bugged me today? Did that squeaky gate bug me today? I'm going to go fix it. Yep. That rope wasn't tight enough? That bugged me. I'm going to go fix it. What bugged you today? Part of the keys to try to overcome that burnout phase is to make sure that those improvements are sustainable. So we're not making the same improvements over and over again because that is the same way of putting the same fires all over again. So in order to remove that part, we have to make improvements sustainable. So Alan, can you speak about the sustainability aspect of those improvements and how we must make them sustainable in a way so we stay away from that burnout and to make them every single day? Again, I'll reflect back to our foundational skills. One of the foundational skills is 3S. So it stands for sort, sweep, and sustain. All right. So when we look at an improvement, are we sort of removing the clutter? We're cleaning the area. But then how do we keep it clean, right? How do we sustain that improvement that we made? They may not be cleaning. It might be a change in process. But the best way to sustain that is through, again, open communication, which could be training, right? Uh, and then documentation. So we document our procedures here uh, using a really graphic documentation or a graphic work instruction. Uh, this isn't the SOP of the early 2000s where everybody had a thick book of standard operating procedures. This is a, where it's needed, uh, right above the place where it's needed, a quick review of how to do the job. So the sustainability aspect of that is when you do come up with an improvement, change the process. If it's worth doing, it's worth two or three minutes to reprint the process with the new change. But then have that communication with everybody, whether you communicate through a chat group or a daily meeting or face-to-face, -face, communicate with everybody that this is the new standard. Right? This is the new way that we are going to do it at our farm. And if we have that standard, that's something we can measure to and something we can make more improvements on. Uh, so you do have to take that extra step. It's not as easy as, okay, I moved this trash off the floor because tomorrow the trash is going to be back. But instead, let's put a proper trash receptacle in where it belongs, where the trash is being accumulated. Let's take a picture of what we, of our expectation of what the floor should look like. And let's create that into one process that says our daily housekeeping chore of this area is put the trash in the receptacle, the floor should look like this one. And that not only make it sustainable, but also prove if this is something that works for everyone, right? Because an improvement that I have made that worked for me 
might not work for the rest of my team. But if we don't implement it, then we wouldn't know. And there are ways, I'm guessing, that some improvements were tried and some improvements didn't stick. That does not mean that it was a bad idea. It was just an idea that didn't work. But let's get to the fun part. Let's talk about some of the improvements that the team have made, because I know there are some great ideas that every farm can implement, but also we want to show the range of improvements that go from cleaning to small improvements to great ideas that have a significant impact on the farm. So if you can tell us a couple examples of things you have implemented, focusing on what the change was or what the waste was, how much it cost to implement that change, and what is the difference that it's making on the whole farm operation. We've had a lot of great improvements from big to small, and it's important to mention that everybody has to be on board with these improvements that are made. It's like building blocks. If one block is not willing to work with all the other blocks, a really great improvement could tumble over and fail. And some of the really great ones that we've had was our colostrum collection area. We used to put little stickers with labels on how good a quality it was. And then we all just stuck them in a fridge. And so people had to rummage through all these bottles to find higher quality for first feeding and medium quality for second, and then find a transition bottle for third. And it was very time consuming and the stickers would fall off. So we already had our refrigerator and it already had shelves. So we labeled each shelf as first feeding. We labeled the second one as second feeding. We labeled our third one as transition milk. And with each range on there for our colostrum reading. And it was, it's great. You know, okay, first thing, I got to grab one off the top shelf. There's no labels. There's no second guessing. You know that bottle you're grabbing is the high quality colostrum. And all it cost us was a sheet of paper that we had to laminate. It was zero cost. All we did was just change our process of where we were storing it, how we were organizing it. So that one was a really, really good one. Who provided that improvement in the farm? Or who came up with the idea of, hey, if we sort this out, I don't have to run for, through the fridge anymore. I can just come straight. Whoever's attending the calf knows where it's at and everybody's on board with that. So who came with that improvement? I believe that was our Kaffir Katie in collaboration with one of our milkers because the milkers were having issues getting the, the numbers to stick, the, the stickers to stick on the caps, and they were having a problem trying to find the right one, what bottle was what, and same with Katie, she was really struggling to figure out which bottles were what, especially if the stickers were falling off. Yep. And it's just been a great organizational system that we still use today. And it's been going for probably close to the year it's since we year. started. And that's important to mention because, again, it's a job that maybe the calf feeder was really good at finding that colostrum. Maybe that calf feeder, although she was wasting some time, was able to do a good job with it. But maybe the milker that was in the middle of the night tending to a calf have a longer trouble finding that colostrum and being able to address or manage that calf in a timely way. So by changing that, not only made it better for that calf feeder, but also made it more sustainable for the night crew that has to quickly come in, grab a colostrum, feed a calf. So again, it's a process improvement that worked for everybody that has to come in, take colostrum, and feed a calf. Yeah, well, and it really simplified the process, right? It, it 
But I think the biggest advantage probably that you see from that is the confidence now that the person feeding the calf has. Yep. There, there's no gray area. First yep. feeding, top shelf. Yeah. Second feeding, second shelf. Third feeding, third shelf. Yeah. Without having to understand even where that score of the classroom yeah, exactly. came from. Yep. Uh, all these comp- complexities of why it made it to the top shelf, yep. why it's the highest quality yep. colostrum. We just need to get it in the calf. Yep. It's, yep. it's on the top shelf. It needs to be fed. And some of these improvements go as simple as in our tank room, people were just putting our bottle brush anywhere they wanted it. It's in the sink today. It's over on the window ledge tomorrow. All right. We hung a little command hook up. We put a picture of the brush right above it. That's where that brush goes all the time, every time. Simple. Eliminated a lot of motion, a lot of looking for. Yeah, and and that's the thing not many people see, right? Because you may think about it, well, the brush is in this room, right? It's going to be in the sink or it's going to be here or it's going to be there. There's not a big issue with that. But when you think about it, a couple seconds today, our minutes in a week, our hours in a month, it could be days when you get to the rest of the year, right? So it's a simple improvement that, you know what? The brush is going to be in that corner. Everybody that needs that brush knows what that brush is. Yeah. I think one of my favorite improvements, and of course I'm not here on the farm every day, but I I do see uh, the benefit that it brings uh, was the way they communicated um, healthcare needs on the cattle. Yeah. It was day five of our training, and we were kind of looking for what's a good improvement today. Well, I'd spent five days listening to a lot of communication about cows that require treatment or cows that just required observation. And it seemed like it was taking a lot of Eric's day in trying to organize that. So we came down to what we found was one of the biggest issues was there was no consistent way to communicate that. Um, it was going on a dry erase board. It was going on a post-it note. It was being text to somebody's phone. Sometimes it was Eric. Sometimes it was Amy's phone. Um, I left you a note by your computer. Left you, well, <laughs> right. Yeah. right. So, so on that day, uh, we decided we were going to try to implement a process to simplify the communication of healthcare needs. And we eliminated everything and started over, and now we just use a WhatsApp chat. Everybody has a phone in their pocket. Uh, If you don't, you can go to the neighbor and say, hey, can you text this? But uh, everything from mastitis to lame cows cows, to just an observation. Say, I don't know if there's anything wrong with this cow or not, but something about her, to me, we should have somebody observe her. Right? And, And that cost zero. Yep. You know, that chat group is free. Signed up every employee on the chat group. It took 24 hours to train everybody Yep. uh, because we have three shifts. Uh, And at the end of 24 hours, it was up and running. Everyone's on it. And it's very easy to have a note get lost. It's very easy to get some water to dry the erase board. You know, there's so many things that can be wrong if you're not putting all your information there. So not only what's I've created a a place for everybody to post information, but it can be backed up. Yeah. We can go back a couple months and find this cow. So it even creates a record that if at some point you're going to sit and do your PC dart or do, you know, all that record keeping, you still have all those notes all put together, organized. So it's very easy, again, for whoever needs to enter that in the record management system for the farm. Yep. And that's all that group is for is just sit cows, observation cows. That's all that group is for. There's no extra tax or anything. But I'll tell you, there is there is an added uh, benefit that came from that that Eric may not be willing to, to talk about. But the 
but his feedback then to the group, right? Really reinforced the importance of that communication. So if somebody texts him, this cow, you know, had low milk production today. I noticed that it, uh, she wasn't milking the way she normally would. Eric is able to text back uh, as soon as he can get to that cow and say, yeah, you know, she is going to be dried up in a couple of days. She's probably starting to dry herself off, yep. right? So, yep. so it was reinforcement of saying, you did a good job. Your observation was heard, yep. right? It was looked at, and this is what we found, right? So yep. he's communicating back every time. Okay, I, we saw mastitis. We, we cultured it, and this, is, this was what we decided was the treatment. And because of that, then everyone's learning, too, yep. what information is most valuable in that group. So it's a learning curve as well. And I think it's very powerful that Eric is able to provide feedback to those employees because there's nothing more frustrating as a milker that you put him a list of mastitis cows in the parlor and then nothing yeah. happened to those cows. And then you get to the point of why am I monitoring cows? Why am I riding these cows if nothing is going to happen? Yeah. So I think that feedback is very powerful to keep employees engaged in saying, I'm going to keep reporting cows because they care and we're making the lives of the cows better. And that's why all of us are here for, yeah. right? What about some smaller improvements that got all the team together? Because one of my favorites, which might not be on your top list, is the sand cleaning. Because the way I see that improvement is how everybody gets on one improvement and work together to get it done, right? On this particular farm, the cows can the cows bed lead to an alley that sometimes when the cows get up and out of their beds, throw some sand into the alley. Yep. So that sand kept building up and building up, creating maybe a slippery alley, creating dirt, creating dust, creating a lot of things that are not beneficial for the farm. One of the employees came with the idea that we should get all the sand back into the beds, but it's a long alley. So that meant that everybody took shift and it's a great improvement that everybody got on board with and it was accomplished. Yeah, and actually that was a topic we were discussing as a group before Lean was, okay, how do we get all of this sand back? Man, it's going to take us three weeks if we shovel it. Do we hire some high schoolers <laughs> and have them shovel it? And the employees, you know, took it upon themselves to start. And it just turned into, okay, guys, no improvements. to Like this, we're telling you, this is your improvement. Get it done. Like, don't don't go fix that gate. Like, that's great. Hold on to it for another day. Let's get this sand done. And everybody did. We cleaned out all the lanes. But but I like that because the whole team rallied for one goal. And we know how powerful that is. We've seen it in sports. We've seen it in successful companies. Where you provide a goal for the whole team to get behind, that's something very powerful that gets the team together. And when you accomplish that, like you guys did, it's kind of rewarding for the whole operation. Any other last things that you guys want to share about the journey that your farm has been through? It's a tough journey. You're not gonna, you're not gonna achieve what you think in about a, a month or even a year. We're still going going about learning it. And the hardest part about lean is it is not a hundred percent achievable. That's the hardest part to think about. Is there's no end. Yep. Alan has a sticker. Once you see waste, you can't unsee it. And that's the truth. You could be walking through the grocery store and go, <laughs> wow, that person just made three circles around the produce. That's the hardest part that you have to see is, okay, 
it's not there's no end but there's an end goal and that that's the hardest concept to grasp about lean is there's there's no finish line so how long have you been uh, on the lean journey alan um well i was in manufacturing and working with lean prior it was 2016 when i came up with a method where we could apply some of those manufacturing systems to uh, to agriculture so uh, yeah it's been eight going on eight years and you still need to find improvements every day around your house yeah. around your shop so yeah, again there's plenty of improvements so toyota has been at it for 80 years and there you they, go and they think they're about halfway there so uh, <laughs> yeah, the processes will change even when you even if you could see it and uh, in between now and then something will change so yeah there's going to be new technology yeah. that's going to be adopted so we need to learn how to work with that before we leave Quick question, Eric. What's your favorite dairy product? Well, I eat a lot of cream cheese. Cream cheese? Cream Any cheese. particular flavor? Because now we know we have strawberry, onion and chives. and No, I just the original, regular. I do a lot of cooking with it. I eat a lot. How about you, Alan? What's your favorite dairy product? I would, I'd never turn down any ice cream. Um, but I, but I don't think that's my favorite. I think it's, I think it's cheeses. I've really, I've got a weak spot for cheese. If it's sitting there, I'm going to try it at least. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite cheese? Right now, I've uh, probably a Gouda that I found that's really good. I buy it out of a place in Muskegon. Manchego, young Manchego. I, oh, yeah. I like white cheeses, hard white cheeses. Well, thank you both for joining the episode today. I hope it's going to be of great value to our listeners and. I'm going to provide uh, Alan's email for Farming Lean. If you are interested in learning more or gaining additional information, uh, look for his email. And other than that, you can email me as well if you want more help. Implementing some ideas in your farm will be ready and happy to help. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. Thank you, Eric and Alan, for joining us today. If you're intrigued and want to learn more about lean management, we encourage you to look for the Farming Lean Facebook page where you can see lean ideas or opportunities to expand your lean knowledge. For more information or additional questions, you may reach out to Alan Bonthais at alanbonthais at yahoo.com. Bonthais is B-O-N-T-H-U-I-S. Or reach out to us in MSU Extension at C-A-R-R-A-S-Q-1 at msu.edu. We continue rolling during this sixth season, so join us next week when we discuss an important topic that is not often discussed, yet it carries a lot of impact over a farm's success. There is your teaser, and I hope you'll join us then.